0: I better put him in the Heisman. got that wood right here, baby. This is the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast, brought to you by Bud Light Lemon Tea, a unique twist on America's favorite light lager. They're going to run and get that boot. The Arkansas Razorbacks have completed a dream season. A baseball team, that's on the way back, a college world team title, the Bob stadium. I almost got fired because I went Willie the boss after I had a little too much sauce. This is the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. When media days is over next week, it'll be what
1: the July eighteenth, nineteenth, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Practice is going to start about two weeks after that. So Roughly. I mean, you know that something's going to happen. You're going to be by then. We're going to be down to what forty? I had counted it down, but for low forty days till till the start of the season, something like that
2: sounds about right yeah about if I'm doing days. My so
1: I mean that, that's the thing is for fans for the media, it, it signals that hey summers some, the days of summer are getting uh, getting short and college football season is near so I, I think media day signals to the fans we're not far away and it's been a few months since we've all had spring football it's good to have it back there's not much else going on I think we've all lost to a degree Many of us, not all, all is a big word, but many of us have lost our interest in Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. College baseball's behind us, so this gives us something to talk about. It gives us, particularly, and we don't get it as much because we don't live in a state like Alabama or Mississippi or some of these places where you got multiple teams. So we don't get to, you, you know, go to the coffee shop where you got a Mississippi State fan, an Ole Miss fan, or Alabama fan, an Auburn fan. Uh, But we do get to have a lot of good conversations about college football. And this starts spurning a lot of those conversations. And this is also where expectations start really getting set for a season.
2: Well, yeah, and that's also the time period where, and again, I'm not saying that I'll ever do this or you'd ever do this, Tommy, because we'd never do something like this. But it's also when you start revving up your your excitement, which revs up your optimism, which revs up your win total of what you think the team is going to be. Because after you talk with Chad Morris or after you talk with some of these players, it's like, man, you know, they, they seem to really have it going on. They seem to have really improved. They seem to be excited about this particular player, or this particular position, or this particular group. Man, I mean, they, they can really improve on. Maybe they're going to be even better than what I thought because that's what's also it's about. What was it, Steve Spurrier coined it, talking season? This is just talking yep, season. That's
1: exactly right.
2: And, and that's fine, and that's what I love. I love talking season. Now, I know that that doesn't do anything for the fans other than that they just get to hear from them, but I love talking season because that's when really, I wish coaches would embrace it more kind of like what Steve Spurrier used to do or what a guy like Les Miles used to do where it was just more like don't don't treat it as such a like serious thing where you go in there and you talk about each and every, like each player that you think is going to be good and then you get mad at people if they ask you the wrong question go in there and talk about what you want to talk about just just go and own it i think Brett Bielma even used to do that too you would ask somebody would ask him a question and then he wouldn't want to answer that question he'd answer his own question that he wanted to answer you know that's what a lot of coaches do and you want to see that and that kind of that raw, un- unfiltered feeling and that unfiltered comment from a lot of these coaches that you don't normally get, and and that's also something that we at least I learned for compared to last year in SEC Media Days with Chad Morris, is he's not you know he's not going to be like a Brett Bielma or a Steve Spurrier or Les Miles where he's going to give you a bunch of quotes and sound bites that you'll be able to play. There's no borderline erotic kind of comments that are going to be coming from him. So I don't know, maybe that's something that also fans don't really care about as much as I, I like to see coaches be a little more laid back and a little more unfiltered. You don't always get that, but, you know, somebody like Chad Morris, I don't know if we'll ever get that. I don't know if he's wired that way. I don't know if he's wired that way to just no, kind of be that, be that type of coach and that type of person, which is not bad. It's not wrong. It's just, I don't think that's his personality.
1: He's a little more Gus Malzahn. You know, yeah. A little more reserved. And I mean, they're cut from a, from a similar cloth. There's no question when it comes to a lot of things. Coaching style, offensive style, um, I don't know personalities. How much do we really know about guys publicly? I mean, we know what their public persona is, you know, but they're they're very you know very reserved because I think uh, the old high school football coach in him doesn't want to put a lot of bulletin board material up. They don't want to motivate anybody, and uh, by by with with your own words, so yeah i don't think that you know and arkansas doesn't have anything to be crowing about let's just be honest so yeah um i think a lot of his is going to be about hey you know yeah, we got our butts kicked uh, around pretty good last year and we're looking to make some great strides this year you know kind of kind of talk so um i i think he'll talk a lot about the the personnel he's got um the seniors he's brought because he's bringing see i know we're going to get into the players and you listed them there but we're going to talk about that um because he has a had a pretty good overhaul. What is it, 31 or two different players that are on the roster this year mm-hmm. compared to last year? So uh, there's definitely a change in culture and an overhaul happening in Fayetteville right now. I think there will be a lot of conversation about that.
2: Yeah, and that's kind of what I want to hear about is just from what Chad Morse was walking into last year at SEC Media Days compared to what he's walking into this year. Because it's one thing, Tommy, and I know, I know you know this, it's one thing just to be a new head coach. And in the SEC, where even especially somebody like Chad Morse that didn't have a lot of pomp and circumstance when he entered in the league. It wasn't like a, a Brett Bielma or Jimbo Fisher, somebody who had a lot of success at their previous stop, and then this was going to be some next-level type deal. This is kind of where last year it was your introduction into the SEC, and it was your first media days, and you handled it the way you handled it. Now it's like, okay, no one's going to be asking you about what offense you want to install at Arkansas. No one's going to be asking you about what's your recruiting stat strategy. People are going to be asking you, "Hey, what the crap happened last year, going two and ten, and what are you doing to fix it?" Like it's going to be more. I'm not saying negative, but it's definitely going to be a lot more hard-hitting questions. Where it's like, dude, yeah, the the honeymoon's over, the newness is out of it. So everyone's going to be asking you, "What are you going to do to get out of this massive hole that you've dug to get it?" this program into at least not into a like a competent program right now because yeah. it's not even to the point to where you can even say that they're an average program yeah. they're the worst program in the sec right now unfortunately
1: is, you said the honeymoon's over is is
2: the honeymoon over and it has to be it has to be because to, when we've been talking about the expectation or at least the minimum expectation we've had for this team we've said five wins right that's the that's the floor of what you have to be able to do, because that means you win your four non-conference games against your opponents that aren't Power Five that you should beat, and that gives you one SEC victory, which you know is not too much to ask. But to me, that's showing that the honeymoon's over when you're saying, "Hey, buddy, this is this is the bare minimum you got to do this year okay. to have any sort of not confidence, but any sort of support from fan base. If you're gonna if you because if you go out and do worse than that, if you go over in the SEC again. No, like no one's going to believe in the direction that it's going. Okay. If if you only have if you lose one of these non-conference games, no one's going to have confidence in where you're going or what you're trying to do. So I say the honeymoon's over just because you have to do something this year that you weren't even really close to doing last year, and that is at least contending for a bowl game. And I mean, I, you have I, to.
1: I don't disagree with anything you just said there, but it's it's like five is the floor. And then I, I keep asking, the, or what, you know, because he's going to get fired if he wins four? If he loses a non-conference game, there, he's going to be shown the door? he goes 0 for in the SEC, Hunter, your going to let him go? I mean, none of that's going to happen. No. I I, I mean, I, I just can't even, I mean, other than 0 for 12, <laughs> I, I, I can't imagine a scenario where you know, even as bad as it is and as discouraged as fans may be and as discouraged as administration may be, Chad Morris doesn't have a third or fourth year here. Because, I mean, the, the contract is what it is. The buyout pretty steep early in the early years of the contract. I mean, everybody says, and I agree, the floor is five, but okay. Generally, when in life, if you don't meet minimum expectations, there's a consequence, right? That's right. What would be the consequence if the floor's not met this year?
2: I think you'd lose the fans. I still think that well, they're...
1: I mean, hell, they, they're, str- they're offering, they're basically going to give tickets away this year. Well, I know, but that, you know? but that's what you I'm... You've got buy one, get ones right now. I mean, you think they've got the
2: fans now? I think that they still have a lot of fans, uh, not a bunch of them, but like a good amount of fans that are still in support of the program and Chad Morris. Yes, absolutely. Oh, and now listen, just
1: because people aren't buying the tickets doesn't mean people quit being Razorback fans. Let's right. be clear about that. Right, you know, just because you've decided you don't want to give, where they've overplayed their hand, and and I don't know what the strategy is for the foundation and the athletic department moving forward. You know, they 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 overplayed their hand following ten and eleven with the donation levels required to sit in certain places and trying to fund this north end zone. Now the north end zone's built, and they got to fund it and they got to pay for it. You know, we we all know what what the requirements are up there. Um. I think it's not the ticket prices, it's not the face values, it's those donations that people have to pay that have turned some folks off for the product you're getting on the field. Mm -hmm. It's that simple. And um, it'll be interesting to see moving forward what what they end up doing there to get people back in. Is it purely price the reason people aren't going? Or is it just, they don't approve of the product on the field at all? It's probably a mixture of those two things. Yeah. But, But I I don't think just because people have turned in their season tickets, they've turned in the Razorback card either.
2: No. So no, but
1: you don't but, have to have tickets to be a fan. We all know that.
2: Correct. But if Arkansas goes over in the SEC, it was three and nine, something like that. You know, you're not going to
1: quit being a fan if that happens. No, but, I'm not going to quit being a
2: fan, and no, no one listening to this show is going to quit being a fan. So, so what are they going to do? Just we're gonna be, we're gonna gather gonna here from six
1: to nine, five days a week, and bitch and complain.
2: Well, I know, but that, but that's we're my be point. Mad. Yeah, but what? So what? what will come? Now, from Chad, it, Mor- hang on.
1: Now, Chad Morris may lose the fans,
2: but the fans are gonna quit being Razorbacks. Right, and th- and that's what I'm referring to. Is I'm, I'm not. I'm, no one's gonna lose their Razorback fandom. At least I hope not. But no, there's gonna be people that are gonna just completely and stop believing in Chad Morris by but, a large margin. But,
1: but that's the crossroads, Hunter. Your checks gonna be at. Mm-hmm. Now you're stuck with a coach that the fans don't believe in. Yeah. And you're already in a precarious situation with ticket sales. Now what do you do? So it is a huge season. Yes, it is. And it, it and it's a huge season that you got to win five or six. And you're right. It doesn't seem like you're asking for. You're not asking for the world here. No. You know we're not asking for filet and lobster here. We just <laughs> we just need a we just kind of need a bologna sandwich. You know. Yeah.
2: Yeah, maybe, maybe some condiments on it, man. Maybe maybe some maybe some Packaged good quality mustard. bread. Yeah, yeah. It's you know, just we'll, the, we'll take day old bread. Yeah, right just now. just the simplest, most edible thing yeah. that you can do right. as long as it satisfies not, our hunger.
1: Right. We're not asking for steak and you know, steak and taters here. We're yeah. just we're just wanting to get by.
2: Yeah. Although I will be asking for some steak and taters here in a few years though. Just right. but this year. We're working no, our way to that. That's right. That's right. Just give us a good appetizer, and we'll make it work. You're
0: listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast, brought to you by Bud Light Lemon Tea, a unique twist on America's favorite light lager. Now he does a tightrope back. Boy, Houdini's in the house. We're number three, and nobody's home to watch that house.
2: obviously we've been doing our summer segment series here on the morning rush and having some fun with it and some questions i will say have been better than others but we've had some fun with it no matter what and regardless we're going to continue to have that here so without further ado let's jump right into it
0: all right here we go finally all right it's our favorite time of the year. Nonsense. I have not yet begun to defile myself. The Morning Rush Summer Segment of the Day.
2: All right. Well, I would jump right into it, but I don't have my wall with my randomizer, Tommy. I'm sorry about that. So oh. we'll just have a little randomizer. Can you make the noise on it? Can you do that? Yeah, there you go. All right. So there you go. As got right now. That worked for me. That works for me. All right. So today's topic, again, sports, entertainment, or food. Oh, we're starting with food. Okay. So here we go, Tommy. This is right in your wheelhouse, starting with food. Okay, this man, this one's going to be tough. All right. If you could make one unhealthy food healthy.
1: Nacho cheese Doritos, Alex.
2: I didn't what even get to, finish, I didn't get to finish the question. So that that was that was quick. Nacho <laughs> cheese Doritos, no no questions asked. That would be the one food you would want to make healthy would be nacho cheese Doritos. Of all the foods in the as world. I've said,
1: as I've said, as long as there's nacho cheese Doritos on this earth, I'm going
2: to have a problem. So Man, okay. I mean, I'm I'm not going to hate you for it. I'm not going to hate you for it. And so that you would say though if it was healthy, would you probably eat a bag a day? If it was healthy.
1: Well, I mean, everything in moderation, right? Of
2: I've course. never had a bag in a day. But well, and it doesn't have to be a whole now, bag. At least I mean, I'm not going to admit little, to it
1: publicly. <laughs> yeah. But you know?
2: well, what about just like a little bag? A little bag of. It?
1: <laughs> like a big grab at the yeah, store Yeah, oh, Yeah, now, yeah, you could ha- you could hammer one of them. It could be breakfast you know, in the like morning. Have one of them over lunch, you Yeah. Know?
2: Yeah, that could be that could be your breakfast in the morning, so yeah okay well that was quick I was expecting you to think about it a little longer I was expecting <laughs> you expecting you to maybe uh go through some options but man that was that was quick but like I said I'm not gonna not gonna hate you for it um you know I thought I thought about the chip angle and, and thought about doing that but
1: you know if you were if we were if we have it if you broaden that out we just say all carbs that might be the smartest way to go Anything that's carbs, because
2: that's the good stuff, right? Well, of course, that, but that's too easy. That would be way too easy. Just to say all that would encompass carbs.
1: All the sweets, all the things made with flour. I mean, yeah, I mean, that that's what we really want. Because the honest thing is, if it tastes good, you should spit it out. Because <laughs> it's not good for you. <laughs> that's the reality in life.
2: Yeah, I I said, I'm, I can't argue with you on that, and I can't. I don't know. Tommy, I'm going to go. I think the one I got to go with is fried chicken, because mm. if I'm thinking of a food that's that I, right love Wait, I love eating and I love eating. Wait, are you telling me fried chicken's not healthy? That's a protein. I know. That's what I always say. <laughs> it's just like, dude, it's it's got it's got good, good healthy protein in it, surrounded by nothing but amazing grease and crust and bread right. and all that fun stuff. But either way, if you think about it, though.
1: I just you call can't. grease internal lubrication. You know, that's all. That <laughs> oh,
2: is. that sounds horrible. <laughs> it's
1: just it's getting those arteries and those all those valves in your heart lubed up. You
2: there know? you go. There you go. Getting. I'm sure you'd like to. You know, you're the type of person that probably run a mile after after eating a sure. thing of fried chicken. You know, go <laughs> yeah, out there. And maybe do that. two. My maybe goodness. two
1: While smoking a cigarette. Oh
2: yeah. yeah. And chugging a beer at every stop. Uh, but I think that because I thought about Doritos, and I was like, you know what? I'm actually going to go with fried chicken because you can't go to a restaurant and get Doritos. You can't go, uh, at least to the restaurants I go to, maybe maybe if you go to Taco Bell with the Doritos Locos Tacos, maybe you do that. But I have to go with fried chicken because you everywhere you go, there's going to be fried chicken more often than not. Yeah. And how great would it be, Tommy? Because I know you're a big fan of it. How great would it be to go to Popeye's all the time and oh. never have to worry about, oh. ah, this isn't unhealthy. I'll just shove the spicy chicken well, down my gullet, mix it down with a big old fat. I guess they have Pepsi there. But my, my point is, is that if you went, Dude got fried chicken pretty much at any restaurant, you're you're great. You're good. Well you get a healthy meal. Salads and fried chicken.
1: If 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 someone could say, All right, you can eat you can be tall and thin and (laughs) eat anything you want the rest of your life and never gain a pound, or here's a million dollars cash, tax free.
2: Are you serious you're really gonna consider this? I'm doing
3: tall and thin.
1: I'm doing tall and thin. For keep your million bucks. Yeah,
3: I'm with Tommy. Really, and eat whatever and you eat,
1: want. Anything I want, as much as I want. It, yeah.
2: Wow. Okay. I can Make more money. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you. <laughs> I was I can just make more money.
1: Well, that's. I, I may not ever make a million bucks, but I can make more.
2: I guess. I guess if you compare how much work and our hard work it would take to be tall and skinny and, and still. Like well, you can't, because you can't eat what you I want when you're tall. I haven't found a diet skin. plan to
1: make me taller.
2: No, <laughs> and unfortunately, with the modern day science, there hasn't come with some sort of implants and, that you can have to and, have yourself and, to make taller.
1: Guys, that's really been my problem the whole time. I'm not overweight. I'm just under tall. That's just really been the whole problem.
2: <laughs> okay, so what would be the ideal the ideal height for Tommy Craft?
1: Oh, I don't know, six three, six four. You know, you know, that's right in the middle. You know, is it is. I don't want to be any, you know, you don't want to be one of these six seven guys walking around.
2: So you want to be like, when you're out there refing, you want to be like, ripped like Ed Lee, but be about six four, so look like The Rock out there while you're refereeing so no one <laughs> will mess with you. Is that what you're wanting? Sure, why Okay, not? all right. Well, I just didn't know, like, is there, because some people want to be tall just because they feel like, hey, it's just a complex of, like, wanting to be bigger than everybody, but I didn't know if there was a reason you wanted to be taller.
1: Oh, no, that's what everybody, it's what society says, right? Tall and thin, right?
2: But Tommy, we're trying to fight societal norms oh, these days. I mean, I don't remember? really
1: care, as you can tell, <laughs> if you've listened for any amount of time. I don't really care what society says.
2: But. Yeah, no, I understand. I understand. So okay, so you're but, going with you're going with nacho cheese Doritos. I'm going with fried chicken. Now, Ty's well, the Ty's, well, You put them two
1: things together right there, and you got a weekend. I'm telling that, you, man, you
2: got oh yourself man. a party. You got your, you got yourself oh, in a bad way. So, Ty, since you're the, I guess, the food. You know, I Carnes think y'all know what my answer is, is It's going to be pizza.
3: Yeah, I ate one of those frozen suckers last night and it was probably over 15. You 1500- cooked it first though, right? Yeah. Okay. It's probably over 1500 <laughs> calories and luckily I woke up this morning and I looked in the mirror and it didn't look that bad, but it'd be nice to just not be <laughs> not not have to eat worry about that cuz everyone tells me it's like your metabolism's shot to hell when you turn 28, 29, 30 and I'm just I'm going to rue that day, Tommy. Cuz oh, you coming. always talk about it. John's talked about it. I don't have to deal with that right now, um, but it is—it's on its way, and I'm not looking forward to it. So I would hope that some scientists out there in the next ten or so years can figure out to make pizza healthy, so I can keep eating and not worry to have to worry about the consequences. Well,
1: they, they've invented this cauliflower crust. Oh
3: no, 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 no. Tommy! You, you, know, you know that's not—you know—that's not for me, and that's not for you either. We like the good I have
1: stuff. I—I I can honestly say I've never—you know—and this may surprise some. I've never had the cauliflower crust pizza. so
3: I haven't either, honestly. I haven't. It's I, actually not bad. I've been making
2: fun of it, but I've never had it. So. it's it's I'm a fraud. I mean, let's just be honest. It's never going to be as good as the real thing. Mm. But it, it, it's it's at least edible. And so I think that pizza is kind of what a lot of people, at least are, they're texting in to us. Uh, they've been saying pizza, too, which is a good option. It's just, man, you know. If I, I can not I, I was even trying to think Tommy what would happen to you cuz I know what would happen to me what what would happen to you if you tried to eat an entire pizza in one sitting like if you tried I don't think to do I could.
1: it could I don't think I physically could not not, not like a big large pizza pe- don't
2: so even if you tried though like what would happen to you cuz I feel like I would I probably wouldn't leave bed for a long it time it would hurt yeah dude. I would be I mean there'd be so many things happening to me
3: I was still hungry after eating that thick burger yesterday I almost got another one That and doesn't then,
2: surprise me and then you went on and
3: had the pizza too. Yeah, that but that was later in the See night. I Oof.
1: you're 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 I wanna be able to eat like Ty. Just eat <laughs> two thick burgers for lunch.
2: You wanna look eat like a whole Ty, pizza though?
1: for dinner and not, hey. not, not not ever gain an ounce.
2: But you don't want to look like Thai. And have no, great, great oh, hair I be too, good looking Tommy. Hey, I do easy, wanna be good
3: looking. Easy. You know?
2: Hey, great hair. Hold on a second. The voters chose Tommy as uh, having the greatest hair here the on the Morning voters rush. On, the, the voters mean, on the, the show. The people spoke.
3: Those are some frauds that uh, people have <laughs> spoken. Yeah.
2: Zach in Fort Smith texted. in. He says Mexican food. I don't know if that's specific enough, but I mean, I, I'd probably be yeah, all about I,
1: But I, I get you. I mean, I'm kind of with you there. The chips, the salsa, the cheese, the, all that
4: stuff. Mm. Yeah.
2: Rex from Hector says no baked cookies. I mean, I'm a no bake cookie. Fan. That. I like cookies. I much like cookies, anybody. but it's not going to be it's my not, no not right. bake cookies. All right, I don't know this uh, this person. I guess it's from the 901 area It'll code, so we don't Memphis don't have a name area. here. But this is a good one. Ice cream.
1: Ice cream's a good one.
2: Ice cream would be all about it. Now, if I could eat ice cream and it be completely and totally healthy, I-, I could get down with that. I would have dessert for every meal. Yeah.
1: Josh in Springfield says cheeseburgers. Someone in the 817 says cupcakes. Chris in Greenwood says turtle cheesecake ice cream. That's a that's very specific and very good. <laughs> did you say uh, Sean and Greenwood pizza from Casey's?
2: No, I did not say that. But pizza
1: from Casey's that that's specific. not bad. I think you could if you had the one card though to play. I don't know if I'm using it on pizza from Casey's. We like pizza from Casey's around here, but
3: mm-hmm.
2: I'm telling you, man, fried chicken you get it anywhere. <laughs>
1: That's hard to disagree with.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's versatile when it comes to the foods that are unhealthy for you but can be made healthy. But, uh, man, see, and that's what man, This happens every time we do this stupid segment. You're starving. I start thinking about places I want to go for fried chicken here at yeah. uh, 7 I'm o'clock you, in the morning.
1: Get you some of them Martha Harp rolls, too.
2: I know. Well, you <laughs> see, you've, you've convinced me that the next time that I go and I, I want to splurge a little bit, give me some fried chicken, heading over to Harp's and give, And, give and me it's got to be bone-in.
1: I mean, you well, young yeah, millennials yeah. think the only fried chicken out there is tenders.
2: Well, hold on a second. Now, you can't lump me into that because I, I if when it comes to taste, there's nothing that beats the bone-in chicken. Absolutely. Tenders are just for convenience. Convenience, yes. Yes, convenience and dipping. That's, Tommy, yes.
3: that's what it's for. I got a confession to make, boss, and I'll, yeah. and I'll come cards on the table, confession. <laughs> Jeez. I have bought chicken thighs ever since we had that fierce argument and yeah. stayed away. As much as I am a breast man, I've stayed away from the breast because – I have bought the thighs because as you said, they are more flavorful. And I was always concerned because apparently there's, I saw the fat content on, but you guys said they were more healthy for you. So and have, did
1: you do the research and understand that chicken thighs are pretty healthy for
3: you no i didn't i didn't spend the time on that i just' okay. taking you your just <laughs> just, just, just <laughs> taking your away. word taking your word so yeah, yeah i have, you should know better i've stayed away from the breast well, and just been getting thighs officer
1: Breeden will help you because i I, when I was in sam's one day buying some chicken and officer breeden was there you know what he was buying chicken thighs thighs yeah. thighs and so he, i think he knows about healthy eating
3: <laughs> he certainly looks so, like it at least don't expect me to come forward and say you're right very often this is the, i think the first time on the show it's since the most
1: flavorful part of the chicken
2: <laughs> yes i'm still going to be a breast man though i'm just saying like it's i understand the arguments and, it's, and i live thighs too but versatility is what i go for the breasts are much more versatile on versatile the, on the chicken yeah versatile you can well, do a lot more with them they're a lot more fun that's all i'm saying <laughs> uh okay so there's the ending of our summer segment series here on food
0: you're listening to the bud light morning rush podcast brought to you by bud light lemon tea a unique twist on america's favorite light lager give is to alex collins straight up the middle and collins on the run they won't catch him alex collins is going to take it all the way to the house
2: go to the phone lines and welcome in tom murphy of the arkansas democrat is that talk a little football with him this morning good morning tom how you doing
4: ah do you how I do gents that sounded like uh getting ready for SBC media day intro music to me
2: oh, i'm ready hey that's what we're trying to do we're trying to get revved up for it as it starts next week and we'll just start right there with you tom uh obviously this uh this sec media day trip is going to be a little different for chad morris than was last year where a lot of questions are going to get thrown his way about last season how bad it was what's the improvements all that fun stuff but as far as what you are expecting or looking forward to hearing from chad morris about what's kind of going to be your main storyline for the razorbacks heading into sec media days next week
4: well i mean we'll have some set things that we want to ask him about but the storyline will largely develop from what he says um you know, last year there was a lot of hammer down, play fast, and and now it's well, you know how soon is how soon is the playing fast going to be here? How soon? How long does it take to rebuild? How difficult was the SEC in comparison to you know what you felt about it going in? Uh, because it's unrelenting, and you don't you don't look at your schedule and say well that's that's an easy W. I mean, Razorback fans wanted to look at Ole Miss at home and Vanderbilt at home and and think that those could be wins and you know, a play here or there. Maybe they could have been, but it didn't happen that way. They were an over, and uh, I'm sure he'll talk about how they're trying to improve their roster, get faster, um, and you know, play without thinking as much, and on both sides of the ball. And you know, when you undergo when your program is was it the state where it was uh, a roster recruited for a certain style of play that maybe they Arkansas didn't have the horses to compete with the best in the SEC West. There's a transition, and and you know I, one thing I did like about Chad, he, he wasn't a big excuse maker. He didn't throw throw blame on anybody else last year. He just uh, kind of took his took his lumps and and pushed ahead.
1: Tom, we're, you know, this league is all about experience a lot of times, and generally the best players move on. But it seems like there's another experienced player at the better programs that seems to always step in somehow. Arkansas doesn't. When you look down the the depth chart uh, when you look down at the roster there's just not a lot of experience coming back that that's going to fill a lot of these starting roles uh, you know when you when you analyze this thing where, where is the experience where where are the the seasoned players that you think you can really count on particularly offensively i think defensively there's some guys you can point to but on the offensive side there's there's, other than Cheyenne O'Grady and, and maybe a Colton Jackson, there's just not a lot of guys outside of, of those guys and then uh, some of your running backs that you can really point to.
4: Well, you know, it's just part of the process. Not, not a whole lot of depth. I mean, there's been positions that uh, ever since I've been covering the team just haven't been super deep. I mean, linebacker's been one and safety and cornerback. They're always trying to get a, a four-deep at cornerback, and there's been a few years where they've been close. Um, you know every team strives to do that, but you're right, and 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 this is a year where it'd be really good if one of the you know three-star, four-star linemen that they've recruited in the last few years really blows up. For instance, if a Noah Gatlin or um, uh, a Dalton Wagner or Silas Robinson or say Austin Caps, who got moved over from defense and is now left guard, really just just becomes a a, a beast. And, and wins most of his battles. Um, if they could have a couple of guys like that, it's all about the development. Um, then it could it could certainly upgrade uh, the level of play of this offense. Um, I don't think they're short of guys who have a chance to be difference makers. I, I could add a Shane Clinton and a Ty Clary to that group. Um, they've just got to be a little bit more mobile, a little bit more physical this year. Um, the issue with that being that The guys on the other side of the ball are also, you know, improving. And and the D-line is the the difference-making position throughout the SEC. And so um, that's their charge. Their charge is to recruit players who push guys at every position. They've got it going on at running back a little bit where you think a Chase Hayden has the ability to be a front-line guy, but he's third on the depth chart. Well, rotate those guys. Around, keep them fresh. If they can do that, a few other positions, then you're starting to you're starting to stack yourselves up. That's where I'd say.
2: Speaking with Tom Murphy of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette right now on the Morning Rush. You know, Tom, looking at the defensive side of the ball, I know that offense we've talked about a lot because that's what Chad Morris's wheelhouse is. It's supposed to be an offensive driven team. But if you really look at the defense, they it seems that they've had less turnover. They have some guys that are coming back that are going to be important, obviously, with Sosa Aguim and Scooter Harris, two guys that uh, Chad Morris is actually bringing to SEC Media Days. Uh, you have some guys returning there. And, of course, if you look at the recruiting class, too, that was so great and had a bunch of four-star players, most of them were on the defensive side of the ball. So, to me, I know that the offense gets a lot of the talk, but... The defense, I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on them too because of what they're returning and also what they've added to that side of the ball. Not to say it was really bad last year, but I think that there should be an expectation for a lot of improvement on that side of the ball as well.
4: I think there should be at least marginal improvement on defense. Um, you're right. The, the fact that Sosa um, Game and Scooter Harris came back uh, is a huge anchor for this team. If they had um, a Serious, you know, six-five, long-limbed, athletic, pass—just an explosive pass rusher. You knew to get it done. It would be uh, another level of difference. Can Jamario Bell? Can Gabe Richardson? Dorian Gerald? Can some of the freshmen like Soley and Gregory? Can they be difference makers? That's going to be some of the the layers um, that determine whether Arkansas, you know, makes a big improvement this year. Uh, because if they get pressure on quarterbacks, that's going to help the the thin secondary. Now they're going to be they're going to need guys like Devin Bush and Greg Brooks, some of the freshmen, and they're going to need Joe Fouché and Miles Mason to just help supplement and be faster players um, on the back end. Not give up, not give up the the home run touchdown plays. Because I think. I think now at linebacker with Scooter Harris and Bumper Pool and there's Andrew Parker and there's some other guys, um, they have a chance to be, they have a chance to be a little better at linebacker this year. So um, I'm with you. I, I think it stands to reason that that Arkansas should make a move up defensively this year.
1: All right, so let's get to the one thing that's going to make the biggest difference in wins and losses this year. Something we found out about this week. That's the new jerseys, right? <laughs> because these new jerseys are the difference maker this year. Tom, what did you think when you saw these? I don't know if you call them throwbacks, because they go back to an era that's only 13 or so years ago. But they're, they are pretty slick looking jerseys. They go back to a time we all remember some good times.
4: Yeah, they're they're cool. Uh, I like the the bigger letters. I the, I like the large numeral. I like the color. The uh, just the uh, the uh, way the color pops. Darren McFadden, obviously like him. Your co-host, John Neighbors, he made his opinions felt. And I know you just said that to gig him. Um, but uh, I, they're good. Um, and I don't know if it leads to anything different on the field, but I think the fans will appreciate it. Uh, they were a good jersey. They they bring back memories of an era when, you know, Arkansas could keep the ball on the ground largely and, and go out and dominate some people or get into a shootout. Like the South Carolina game was a huge shootout here in 07, the day – Frank Broyles Field was dedicated, and it was largely done on the ground with Darren McFadden with 321 and Felix Jones with 160, 170, whatever he got, and um, and it brings back memories like the LSU game, winning down there against number one LSU, and and what Darren McFadden meant to this program. So uh, it'll just be fun to recreate that. And I'll tell you what, I have a particular fondness for the jerseys that came after that, the ones that Ryan Mallett and Tyler Wilson were wearing and uh eight nine ten that kind of a circular tusk thing under mm-hmm. the armpits i thought those were cool dudes.
2: well and the thing is tom it seems like and i could be wrong about this but it seems like that since hunter your check has been the athletic director I'm not saying it's all just him but the administration in general has done a lot of these little small things at least the small on the scale of big things of trying to get a lot of the fans back and trying to get them reconnected, because even these throwbacks that they had in basketball this past year, where they had the 1994 throwback uniforms, people were all about them, thought they were great, and now you have these things happening with football. You had the court named after Nolan. It just seems like they're do- that Hunter check and the administration are trying to do a lot of the smaller things that Razorback fans have been begging for to try to maybe repair that relationship. That that was had uh, between the fans and Jeff Long is. Do you see it that way, or is this more of trying to increase ticket sales, which I think can go in hand and in? Hand. What what's kind of the the motivation for Hunter Yerchek and the administration doing those, these types of things for the fans?
4: I think it all rolls together. All, all the points you made, they all connect together. Uh, Hunter Yerchek is a bright guy. The administration is not tone deaf. They 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 understand. Um, and when you just finish up a two and ten season and you replace your men's basketball coach. Uh, you need to do some things that kind of stoke the fans, and e- even the little tweaks like bringing back a jersey that uh, evokes good nostalgia from your fan base. So um, all play hand in hand. And look, uh, diminished t- ticket sales are not just uh, you know an Arkansas thing. It's that's that's across the board. More and more people are watching their high def screens and and can flip back and forth to all the games and and not have to drive, get in traffic jams, and wait. Wait in lines, and you know, be out in the heat or whatever it might be, and so uh, they've got to do things that that appeal to the fan base and yeah. and get them out of their their lounge chairs and into the games.
1: Yeah, Tom, I've got a theory that you know, particularly people that are in a in an income class or in a in a in a uh, in a position in life to buy season tickets, and make a donation, are buying homes and newer homes at this point that have outside kitchens, have outdoor living places. Fall's the best time to enjoy that, and you enjoy it, and, and then you buy season tickets. You you know you, you wipe out six or seven weekends a year. You can't do it. I think that's <laughs> as much. I don't say that's the reason, but I think it's a lot of it. People want to stay home now and enjoy these new living spaces they have outside with these high def TVs you talk about. I think a lot of people are, uh, you know, are, are checking in their tickets to stay home and enjoy these places they've spent tens of thousands of dollars on to enjoy around their house.
4: You know, that's a very interesting point. I actually have a ne- next-door neighbor who built a huge outdoor kitchen, you know, strictly for the purposes of entertaining, and it's a great magnet. Um, and, you know, I do think some people retain their ticket and go to some of the games and enjoy some of them watching their ultra-high-def TV. So, very interesting point. Hey, that, that's just a mark of society now. You know, people mm-hmm. want ease, they want uh, entertainment. And um, so that's what college athletic departments across this landscape are up against.
2: Yeah, and I think that uh, one of the things too, Tom. Uh, what, I mean, if you're if you're going two and ten, you're just trying to find ways to get fans in. In general, I understand all that, but I feel like that if there's just the smallest of things that can be done, and I think Hunter Yurchick's doing a good job of it that can just bring some fans back to where they feel like they're a part of the program again. And I know that uniforms seem so petty, but, and obviously people are going to be crowing about bringing Coca-Cola products back instead of Pepsi, like things like that. But I think that just if you, if you take care of the smaller things first and then work on the bigger things, that's what's going to eventually bring a lot of the fans back because I understand about outdoor and I understand about people wanting to spend time in their own homes and all that, because that's across the board. But it, it's certainly going to be an issue when you start seeing emails that the Razorback football team is offering a buy one, get one free for basketball season ticket holders. I mean, you never thought you'd be at a point where that would be an option or need to be an option, but that's where you're at right now. And the only thing that I want to ask you about is, do you feel like there may, there may have been, I wouldn't say regret, but some some definite, definitely some uh, issues with building and expanding the Razorback stadium at the time that they did it at? Uh, and I don't think you could ever see it things falling this far but do you think that that's maybe something that if they could do over again they would they would have waited on doing something like that.
4: Yeah, that's a tough call to say John one way or the other. I mean, they they did get a lot of feedback from you know, certain a certain section of fan base that that thought that um club seating, luxury seating and those those spaces are really nice and they're going to serve the Razorbacks well, I think for, you know, many many years to come. Um Hunter Jaeger came on board and said he's going to spend a year listening and he did that. I mean, he he listened to the fan bases on every one of the stops they went to. Um he's personable and look, Jeff Long had a lot of positive things, but just that kind of uh real human interaction, uh genuine uh, across the board, 100 uh, Hunter Jaeger's Hunter better in that department than he was and I I think it showed and it, as you mentioned, it um him, comes about in the little things and the, the little things lead to the bigger things and i just think they're they're in a positive direction right now with that
2: tom murphy of the arkansas Democrat is that always appreciate you hopping on with us tom have a great weekend man and i guess we'll be seeing you in sec media days next week in hoover
4: Radio Row at 7.30 on Monday morning. Sounds good to me, man. Your number one source of local news and information
0: you need. Like the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast? Check out the Halftime Pod at HitThatLine.com.